Hello, everyone. This is Coach Aaron Saft on the Running is Life podcast. And today I recorded a session I did with my team. Each Wednesday night, um, I record with my team. Um, and uh, we do kind of a session. And I had one of the team members ask if anybody had a spreadsheet uh, for a packing list. So um, I kind of remembered that I had one and I've done so many episodes now. I don't remember if I went over this, but felt it pertinent that um, and enough that I could add on some stuff and perhaps some of my athletes could add into the conversation. So this was a, a Zoom recording that I did with my athletes, um, uh, and I will attach the spreadsheet. Uh, again, I'll, I'll create like a, 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 a Google uh, doc that I can share um, with you and you can copy and paste and use at your, your leisure. Um, also going to include some of the uh, episodes that I reference here for crew and pacers and drop bags and all that stuff. So I'll put all that into the show notes. So there's going to be a lot in the show notes. So please check out the show notes for a lot of additional resources, um, including the spreadsheet for, um, for uh packing list. Okay. Um, and things to do for your crew and pacers and et cetera. So that will all be there. Um, so, uh, I'm going to let the, uh, uh, the next piece be the conversation uh, that I recorded. And then uh, when I, that's done, I'll come back on and uh, update you guys on everything that's going on. So I'll talk to you in a little bit. All right. So um, what to pack, right? So I had a, I had a great question on um, our team's private Facebook group. Um, that says, anybody have a spreadsheet? You know, and I, you know, I started racking my brain. And I was like, you know, I think I do. <laughs> um, so I, I took a dive deep into my laptop and I found this. Um, I may have talked about this in the past on um, the podcast, or I may have talked about it with with the team at some point. But I, I felt it's it's pretty prudent, <laughs> especially for myself and Thomas, <laughs> who's on this call right now, um, as we travel all over this great country of ours. <laughs> um, so. Uh, it has, um, five different pages here, five different sheets. So for the podcast listeners, I am going to, um, create a Google spreadsheet that, you know, um, you can use the link, um, and, um, and, you know, go in there and, and copy and paste into your own workbook and then, you know, use it. So, uh, not going to make it editable, obviously, but, um, you, it'll, it'll be a resource for you that you can use as well. So, look into the show notes and and this spreadsheet will be in there for you. Uh, Cause I know we're going on auditory here and you can't see everything. So um, as I go over things, like I said, there'll be a spreadsheet link in the show notes that you can use. Okay. So um, when I'm packing and I get everything packed and we're heading for the car, the first thing my wife says to me is, do you have your shoes <laughs> every trip? So that's the first thing on my spreadsheet. Um, I pack multiple pairs of shoes. Um, I may have two pairs of my main shoes. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'll have up to three other pairs of shoes, just depending on the course, uh, possible, you know, changes that I, I may not even know I need. <laughs> um, you know, instead, I really didn't think I was going to go through four pairs of shoes. But for some reason, three pairs were just not working for me. So I went on to the fourth pair at Umstead. You know, the least likely, of course, is to need a swap of shoes. Like I said, for whatever reason, three pairs just were not cutting it that day. So I went into a fourth. Um, so, you know, it, it can't hurt. 
uh, on the converse, you know, I've been at races where I didn't have the right shoes. You know, I just didn't pack the right shoes. I, you know, I went more minimalistic and I paid for it. I didn't have what I needed. So, you know, if you can swing it, you know, in your, especially if you're flying, if you can swing it, try to, you know, at least have a selection for yourself of shoes. Um, you know, my notes say uh, the pair I'll use. So my main pair two extra pairs of the above shoe. So up to two extra pairs as just in cases, one pair of half size up uh, if you're doing a long ultra, right? So like, you know, just in case of swelling and then a pair for super muddy conditions. So it depends on the course, your conditions, traction, you know, Western States, obviously Thomas and I had talked about, we switch shoes based on traction and comfort. So, you know, having those um, available to you, that's super important. So definitely be prepared with shoes. What goes along with shoes? Your socks. I pack a billion pairs of socks. Again, you know, for any and every condition, um, I have dry max socks in case it's super wet. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of of toe socks in Gingy or uh, or, or Exoskin. Uh, you know, great toe socks. They're they're always awesome. Um, if you have problems with blistering. Obviously, it's good to have ones that have uh, different placements of their seams, um, different cushioning levels. So, you know, be prepared on your socks. Like that's I can't understate how much <laughs> socks matter. So bring a ton of socks. Um, I bring compression with me. Make sure um, I may have a light pair of half tights up to a you know a mid-weight full tight just depending on temperatures so compression when i say compression that includes just like spandex tights um so it uh, doesn't necessarily need to be something that's you know totally restrictive like a two times u um or uh, with some of our other brands that um are escaping me right now but um yeah it doesn't necessarily need to be like a compression uh but you know just i'm, I'm thinking something tight uh, reason being is especially if it gets cooler, the tighter it is, the more it traps the heat next to your body. So, um, that's, you know, that's it. It's a good insulating layer for when it gets colder. It's also a good layer for if it's, uh, conditions are pretty humid and you have a high probability of chafing. <laughs> um, it's a, a good way to prevent chafe aside from having a great salt that you can rub in. So um, I always bring some, you know, some type of compression with me. Um, running shorts, uh, I typically, for the race itself, I pack um, three pairs, two pairs of my main style, the ones that I train in and run in all the time. And then one that is completely different, has seams elsewhere, just in case, you know, my main one, for whatever reason on that given day, it starts rubbing me the wrong way and I just need to get out of it and get, uh, you know, a different seam placement. So uh, three pairs, two of the main and one completely different. Uh, running shirts, I, I bring a whole range of different weights, um, you know, again, different types of seams, um, different thicknesses. So, um, you know, I, I can't tell you I, at Bigfoot, oh my goodness, I can't even tell you how many different shirts I had and how many I went through. Uh, I changed shirts so many times. If you see pictures throughout the race, it's, it's pretty much like a, a time slide of me changing shirts because I had a different shirt on all through the race. Uh, so tons of different shirts, you know, as, as different possibilities. Um, rain jacket. Uh, so now with rain jacket, I prepare myself with two. Um, 
I have two different rain jackets. I have a, a lightweight one that's more, we'll say, water resistant, you know, so that I can pack that one. It's pretty lightweight, but it, it does have some water resistancy. It's not tape seams necessarily, but it will provide warmth. And if it, it happens to kind of, you know, mist or light rain, it's going to keep me dry enough. Um, and then I have a full-fledged tape seam, you know, waterproof jacket in case it decides to just rain bucket loads on you. So two different rain jackets uh, always go into my bag now. So um, I will put, um, you know, a note there, two different types. Um, other things, running hat and buff. Uh, gloves, perhaps, depending on the conditions, uh, the weather, the temperatures. Um, but I typically have two to three running hats. Um, you know, the newest one in my collection is a bucket cap. <laughs> I brought that to Western States, um, used it for the first 30, and then switched into more of a, a ball cap style. Um, but I have two different types of ball cap styles that I like. So I bring those and always just a plethora of buffs because you can use those in multiple ways. If it's hot, it could be an ice bandana. If it's cold, it can go any which where, you know, on your neck, over your head. It can be a hat. So it's like, it's it's such a multi-use uh, piece that, you know, having one on your person at all times and then having a few with your crew that you can swap out if it gets dirty or wet or whatever. So um, bring plenty of buffs. Um, sunglasses, you know, some people love to run in sunglasses. I always have them. I'm not a huge fan of running with them, but they are packed. Um, of course your nutrition. Um, and with my nutrition, what I tend to do is I buy, um, little, um, Tupperware bins that I can store my gels in, especially if I'm flying. That way I know the gels aren't going to get smushed, crushed and explode in my bag. So I get um, kind of like almost like a shoebox size uh, tubbleware box and it's got the, the latches so it closes over the lid and that way I know the lid's not going to pop off in transit as well. So, um, you know, that's it's great for when you're flying and you know, even if you're in the car, because a lot of times we tend to stack stuff on top of our bags and stuff. So if they're not out, you know, if they're not out and individually packed and they're in your bag, I, like I said, it's good to have them in something secure. So your, your nutrition, whatever those needs are, we tend to overpack on nutrition. Um, when we go post-race and look at all the nutrition that we didn't use, um, we know where we could save some weight in the future. So if you're flying, it's most likely a good time to think, am I overweight? And if so, am I bringing too much nutrition? Because that oftentimes can be a culprit. Um, so far as hydration powders go, I have a note that I pack caffeinated as well as uncaffeinated. Um, a lot of times that you get into the nighttime, it's nice to switch over to a caffeinated hydration mix. Uh, make sure it's something that you've experimented with, um, you know, as well as you can you know, obviously have something nutritionally that has caffeine in it as well. So, you know, having those options in your nutrition is also great. Um, a, a good thing to also think about is if you are using drop bags, do you need individual packets and how will you go about that? So do you need individual packets of your hydration mix? Is it something that you can buy like the, the sticks, individual sticks, or are you going to put them in Ziploc bags? And if so, do you have those Ziploc bags, which is something we'll get to later in the list. All right. Next, um, headlamp and waist lamp. Uh, I'm a big proponent of using both. And I have backups of my headlamps. I also have headlamps for my family. So I pack a ton of different headlamps. 
and a, an emergency headlamp as well. So I've got a super lightweight 250 um, lumen um, headlamp. I've talked about it in the past. Nightcore produced the NU25 and that light with, if you put a, um, a bungee cord um, uh, onto it, it is super lightweight. I have a whole YouTube video on that um, online, but um, great, great piece. So, um, you know, having your headlamp, your waist lamp, and then your backup batteries. Um, now, I had an incident on my travels to Western States. Um, I, I was going to bring a bag on board and it had all of my lithium batteries in it. And, you know, so that's okay if it goes into the cabin. But if you check it, then that's not okay. You're not supposed to have lithium batteries in your check-in. And what happened was when I was checking in at the, in the front um, desk, it said, hey, do you want to check in any of your bags ahead of time? You know, so you can kind of do your, your roller bags and check those in at the gate usually, but it asked ahead of time. And I didn't think about my batteries. They were in there. So when I got to the gate, I was like, oh man. So I told them, I said, hey, my, my batteries are in the 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 bag that got checked by accident. Like, can you grab those? And I'll just throw them in my, uh, my carry-on. When they went in there, for some reason, they felt there were too many batteries and they confiscated all of them. <laughs> even though I was just going to put them in my carry-on. So be real careful and cognizant of where those lithium batteries are. Usually if you're carrying it on your person, you'll have no problem going through security. Um, okay. Um, if you're going to do music, you know, do you have MP3 player or your phone, headphones, all that good stuff? Um, make sure you've got your charging cords for all of this stuff, for all batteries, you know, for your watch, especially. So your watch cord, your, um, your, uh, uh, headlamp battery cords, um, your uh, headphone cords if you need it. So make sure you've got all the charging cords that you need. So um, I also bring power supplies. So little battery packs that I can throw in, especially if it's a longer race. So I can charge, you know, whatever device it may be. Maybe it's my phone, maybe it's my watch, whatever. So having, uh, you know, a power supply, a uh, little battery charger, um, you know, that's great. And then again, you know, reinforcing have the capacity to have those charging cords. So if you're going to have, you know, that battery and you know, you're going to need to charge something, make sure that when you're racing, you have the cords you need as well. Um, your watch, obviously that, that usually doesn't leave your wrist, but you know, if, if you're using a different watch, your watch, uh, and charging cord for that, um, your pack, uh, now, I've gone so far as to take two of the same packs to races. Now I had a race where my, my main pack broke <laughs> and I had to Jimmy rig it with my safety pins <laughs> from my race bib. So I had like one pin in my race bib holding on to, you know, my race bib. And then I used three to, you know, get my pack so that I could keep wearing it. So uh, with that happening, I bought two of the same packs now so that I have a backup. So, when I, when I, you know, when I pack, I make sure I have two of my packs and usually the primary one, the one I'm planning on using is going to go in my carry-on. So my carry-on, I typically carry my race shoes, um, the shorts that I'm going to run in, the shirt that I'm going to run in, uh, my pack. And then, um, you know, my, I try to bring my headlamp, um, you know, the main things that I'm going to need for the race. That way I know if my bag doesn't make it, at least I've got the main things. All I'll need to really get is some nutritional things. So the main things I'm going to use, they're all going into my, my carry-on. So I have it on my person. Um, but yeah, you're packing your poles. So, you know, make sure you've got those. 
Um, in longer races, as I've learned, poles break, so it's good to have a backup set. Um, so, you know, I've, I've been in two races now where my poles have broken. Thankfully, the second time, um, you know, was very late in the race and I didn't need to pick up my extra pair, but I had them there just in case. So having backup poles, if you can swing it again, I know it's another expense, but you know, it, especially in those longer races, it's, you know, if those go down and you were relying on them, it's good to have a backup set. Ziploc bags, what I mentioned earlier, it's good to have multiple sizes. Um, you know, the I usually bring a few gallon, a few quart, and a few of the snack size. I use those for different things. Um, the gallon I may use to keep my um, hydration, um, you know, uh, powders dry in my pack. Um, quart size, I usually put my batteries in there, my extra batteries go into there or my phone. And then snack is I just carry one or two of those with me for aid stations so that when I go into an aid station, they can fill it with something that I, I like from the table. And then off I go. Um, it for um, I've also gotten into using the Ziploc has the larger storage size uh, bags. I use the XL size for my drop bags and you can throw duct tape on it. And, you know, it's it's really it's waterproof. Uh, it's, it's easy. It's got a handle. It's usually easy for the volunteers to spot. It's clear so you can see everything that's in it. So I, that's what I've been using for my drop bags, but we'll get into the drop bags in a bit. Um, I usually have two colors of duct tape. Um, th those are usually for my drop bags, but you know you never know when you're gonna need duct tape. It's good to have with your crew. So I always pack some duct tape. A Sharpie for marking the bag uh, for your drop bags. Make sure you got a Sharpie with you. Extra safety pins, again, you know, just like in the scenario I talked about earlier, you never know when you're going to. So what I do now is that, you know, I have my bib pinned on, but I also take four pins with me and I pin those to my pack. That way I always have safety pins on my pack at all times, just in case of emergency. I also carry a little bit of duct tape um, wrapped around, you know, it may be anything. I may just have a pen that I wrap some duct tape around or my battery stick. You know, I just wrap some duct tape around it. That way I have some duct tape if I need it. Um, a small container of your lube or solve, uh, whatever you're going to use for your pack. Um, that's, you know, something that I always carry um, when I'm racing. So I, I never want to forget that. Um, I've started using uh, a tent for my crew. It's a really um, easy pop-up tent. It's made by Quest. I bought it at Dick's for $89. It fits into a bag the size of a camp chair. It's super easy to use, super easy to pop up, super easy to take down. They don't have to do much. And it's got a, 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 um, a floor built into it, um, like a tarp floor built into it. So it's it's tremendous. It's open on one side. Uh, so I really, uh, you know, I suggest that if you're, you know, if your crew is going to be waiting at an aid station for a while, especially if it's sun exposure, they can get in there and take shade. And then when you get in there, you've got a place to go as well. Um, other things, uh, blanket. So if you come into the aid station, you're cold. Um, I just got the rumble blanket and that's kind of a, a puffy blanket, if you will. So if you picture like the Patagonia puffy jackets, rumple, R-U-M-P-L, they make a, uh, a puffy blanket, which is super warm. So grab that. 
Uh, it's great for your crews too, if they're sitting there waiting for you. Um, I do bring usually a camp chair. Um, if my crew needs another one, I'll bring two, you know, if I'm driving um, or, you know, like what I did at Western States is we just went to a local grocery store and I think it was like 10 bucks for a camp chair. And then we just left it at the VRBO. Um, so, you know, but you know, having a camp chair or two, it's great for not only you, but for your crew as well. Um, a towel, uh, you know, whether it's going to be for a seat cover, for you getting changed, whatever it is, um, you know, towels are, are great. Uh, so don't forget your towel. Uh, sleeping pad, uh, you know, if you're getting into the tent and you want to get changed and you don't, you know, you don't want to sit right on the floor or you've got young kids like myself, I bring sleeping pad. That way, if they want to take a nap, they can crash out with the rumple blanket. You know, they're pretty much all set. So um, having a sleeping pad is great as well. So I'm just going to add camping chair here. All right. Um, those of you guys that are on here with me, uh, anything that I forgot that we should add to this list? Can you think of anything? Try to be as comprehensive and thorough as I could. <laughs> so if you guys think of anything, just, you know, let me know, just throw up your hand or speak out. <laughs> All right. Do you have the emergency blanket thingy? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I'll throw emergency blanket. And usually they require a whistle. That's usually on your pack, but if you don't, um, that's a great point. Emergency blanket whistle. Thank you. Very good, Rebula. Mm -hmm. All right. So I usually, somewhere on my pack, I usually have some Band-Aids and some alcohol wipes because okay. I figure I'll wipe out at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I have that, but um, we can certainly put that <laughs> here. Band-Aids and um, alcohol. How do I spell alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> alcohol. I think, oops. I think it's that. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, alcohol. <laughs> yeah, alcohol. <laughs> Band-Aids and alcohol. <laughs> it's going to be a good race. <laughs> Uh, alcohol wipes. <laughs> All right. Band-Aid and alcohol wipes. So with my crew, I have the, the med kit and a lot of that stuff is in the med kit, but that's good to have on your person. Yeah, you're correct. Thank you, Nicole. All right. Um, anything else you guys think of? You know, if, if anybody I, listen I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's something you think it would be good, but I actually have a friend that um, if they're calling for rain, mm -hmm. she actually packs a trash bag to put like from her waist down yep i don't know if that yeah it's really necessary um, typically i have trash bag with my crew um I, we bring like two trash bags that way they can throw trash in there and then if we need it for anything else but yeah we can throw a trash bag on there that's great yeah i and thought I, that was pretty a pretty good idea yeah yeah you can use it as a poncho if you don't have anything yeah pinch yeah yep absolutely cool all right um, again, if you guys think anything else, let me know. Let's move on to for crew. So we're, we're moving on here. Um, so, um, first thing for the crew, I like to make sure that I have the participant guide printed out. Now, uh, you know, this is something that I typically send out to them ahead of time to make sure they understand, um, all of the rules. Um, usually directions are in there, but, um, having it printed out, I just throw it into a binder or a folder for them. Uh, and hand it to my crew chief, uh, you know, who's usually my wife and say, here, you know, this is, this is everything. So um, usually it has, again, the rules, a station list, list with crew accessible spots. Um, my wife likes to drop pins 
at where the aid stations are. That way it's in her phone and then she can just hit the pin and, you know, drive to that location. A lot of races are really good about telling you exactly what the location is. So you can put that into your phone and create the pin itself without having to search the map and, and create the pin or drive to that location and drop a pin. Um, so, you know, just multiple ways to do it, but, you know, good to have those saved on your phone and then share those with other crew members, especially if there's going to be two vehicles, uh, if there's going to be two vehicles, again, good to have two crew manuals. So everybody has everything from the race. Yep. Okay. Um, things I like to tell my crew. Uh, so things I share with my crew is, um, how much power to mix with water in your bottles or your bladder. Uh, you know, everybody likes a different kind of uh, con uh, con uh, concentration, right? So um, sharing with them, okay, so got a two liter bladder, I want seven scoops of this, or, you know, I need two scoops in every bottle, right? So tell them exactly what you want. Um, share your nutrition plan, basic idea of what you want to do. Some people have entire spreadsheets of what their plan is. Make sure you share that with your crew so that they're checking on you when you get into your aid station. You know, you said you were going to have five gels during this. Let me see five wrappers, right? So they, they're asking you for your trash and counting out your calories, making sure you're keeping up with things, right? So share what your plan is so they know when you come in, they should be checking for those things, right? And, and then kind of keep up and say, hey, you're kind of falling behind. Are you okay? Do you need to change something? You know, so they can be proactive as well, okay? Um, and that leads into what I was just saying, a reminder to grab your trash. That's a good way to check your calories, right? And how, how well you're hydrating as well. Um, give them assignments, right? L let them know what jobs you want them to fulfill. Otherwise, like a lot of times there's, you know, there's a, you know, a multiple people and they're kind of bumping into each other because, you know, they're not sure, you know, who's doing what. So if you assign them specific tasks, then they're, you know, they're like, you know, this is what I need to take care of when Aaron gets in, right? So, you know, having like, like Western States, it was like, I, you know, I want, you know, this person on ice, I want this person on my nutrition, this person on my hydration, uh, you know, I want this person letting me know what's the distance to the next aid station, how much climb, you know, how much time should I expect? So, you know, giving them specific tasks, that way, when you get in there, everybody's got their, their role, they're, they're, you know, they're zoned in. And then, you know, you have like your, your runner that can run and grab stuff for you too. So, you know, given them these tasks, they, they feel like they have a job and then, you know, they're not working over each other, duplicating each other or forgetting something. Right. So make sure you, you give assignments, um, give them a supply list of what you intend on packing, right? Like what's in your gear bag. Right. So, you know, uh, that way they know, oh, you know, his, his shirts in there, but his hats in over there, or, you know, his, um, his gels are in this box, but his shoes are in this box, right? So give them a supply list and let them know specifically what the container or bag they'll be in, okay? Um, medical kit, this is kind of what I was talking about earlier. Um, I did a whole podcast episode on what to have in a medical kit. So you can go back and check that out. I did it as a YouTube video as well, so you can see everything that I put in my medical kit, um, you know, Quickly, um, Vaseline or A&D ointment, um, antibiotic ointment, Band-Aids of various sizes, um, a safety pin or needle, uh, you know, using for blisters, make sure it's sterilized, um, matches to sterilize the needle or alcohol wipes, um, rock tape, um, kinesio tape, you know, whatever, uh, Luco tape, whatever, you know, brand you, you so choose, 
athletic tape. This is, you know, it's a little bit different, right? A little bit less stretchy. So athletic tape, duct tape, we talked about earlier, scissors, tums, um, ace bandages, and ice packs. Again, you know, this is just a simple list. If you, again, go into that YouTube video, I go more in depth of the things that are really in my physical uh, medical bag, but just some things to think on and make sure that you have basic needs for your medical kit. Um, crew and pacers, make sure that they share with each other their contacts, right? Um, it, when you're creating everything, make sure everybody has each other's emails so they can communicate to one another, just so you're not creating every email. And then, you know, share with each other the phone numbers. You know, you create the group text um, and then that way they have each other and they can put it into their phones and they can text each other, you know, as, especially as the race is going on. Um, you know, it, like <laughs> I, I go back to looking at some of my Pacers texts that they were texting each other without including me. And I could tell, you know, the level of nervousness was, <laughs> was getting more and more as the race was going on. So, you know, it's, it's good if they have their, you know, their own, uh, thread going so they can talk to one another. Um, I like to give gas gift cards if my pacers are driving to the event or if my crew are driving to the event, um, you know, or visa gift card, you know, so that they can get little things on their own. Um, but, you know, just having a, some kind of gift card for them as just a way of saying thank you. And then that way they don't have to spend a ton of their own money in the process. Um, and then, you know, of course, you know, usually race morning, I kind of hand them over you know, here's my gear bag, you know, here's my nutrition stuff. So, you know, giving, having that specific bag, um, what we began doing is a lot of the aid stations where we go requires hike-ins. So we bring a hiking pack, not like a full, huge hiking pack, but like a day pack, um, you know, that, that way they can stuff that with whatever I may need and then hike in, you know, they're not trying to lug a ton of big bags and boxes and stuff like that. They can just throw it all into a, a day pack. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to add day pack here. All right. So that's, that's a lot of the stuff that, you know, will be for, for you, for you, you know, during the race. Now for the crews themselves, um, make sure they have the drop pins, make sure they have the rules, make sure they understand parking regulations. A lot of the races have very limited parking and they say, you know, you need to park here. You can only have one car, make sure they understand all of the rules of parking. That's, I mean, that's vital to a race because if, if we goof up, if we being us and our crews, if we mess up during a race, it can cost the race, you know, tremendously, especially if they're being audited by the national forest, you know, they, they can, you know, not give the permit to the race the next, uh, you know, the next year based on what happens during the race. So we want to follow every rule we can to a T. You know, if it says crews can't go to this aid station, there's probably a really good reason why. And if you do and you break that rule and then it costs the race, that be, that falls back on us. You know, so it doesn't look good if we're not following the rules. So make sure they understand the importance of the rules because, you know, sometimes the race will just disqualify you. So we don't want any of that. Right. So please be be attentive to the race rules. Um, you know, let them know, you know, there's, like I was just saying, sometimes there's only one car. So if there, if you have two cars that are going through the race and, you know, both want to go to a location, but it only allows one car, make sure you know which car is going to be there. Okay. 
Um, number of people allowed at the aid station. Sometimes there is a regulation to like how many crew members can access an aid station. So make sure you're paying attention to that. Um, is there a zone in which you can crew? Again, in the rules, sometimes it stipulates must be within 100 feet of the aid station. And usually they have that marked off. But make sure your crew understands that, that they can't give you any um, aid outside of that or that could lead to disqualification to you. Um, make sure they understand your nutrition and hydration plan. What's the backup plan, right? Uh, what's the backup to the backup? <laughs> what, are, what are your fallbacks, right? So make sure they understand all of that. Make sure they understand each of their roles, what you expect of them. You know, so you've given them a role, but have you told them precisely what you want and how to do it? If you're very particular with your ice bandana, <laughs> tell them how particular you are and what you want precisely from the ice bandana or how you want it wrapped around or tied around your neck. Okay. Um, scout out food and gas. A lot of the participant guides have been very good about, you know, telling you, okay, there's a gas station, you know, on the way to this aid station, but that's going to be the last one for a long time. Gas up here. So make sure they understand where they have access to gas and food, ice, et cetera. So that, you know, day of, you know, it's already in the plan. We're going to stop here because I mean, you know, crews need to eat too. So make sure that they have their own plan for where they can access food and gas. Sleep plan. Do you have a sleep plan? Do you intend on taking a nap at some point? Okay. Make sure they have a sleep plan. You know, if you're going for a 30 hour race, it's great if they can get a few hours sleep. So, you know, make sure they know, okay, you know, here's the plan. Like I'm going to be, you know, this aid station, this aid station is going to take a little bit longer. So why don't you plan on taking a nap during this time? And then somebody else in the crew takes a nap during this time. So make sure that they have a nap plan as well, a sleep plan. Um, dropping off and picking up pacers. Um, races a lot of times don't want to have to worry about pacers, right? So if they stop at a point where like there is no pacer exchange, and there's no crew pickup, like they have to have a plan for getting out of there. So make sure that the pacer um, understands when they stop, you know, it needs to, they need to have a way out. Um, so make sure it's, it's crew accessible if it need be, or you can leave a car there. You know, that's another thing. Like, you know, make sure it stipulates in the rules that you can leave a car or a pacer can leave a car at a given aid station. Uh, Cause sometimes that's not the case. Okay. So again, just trying to follow the rules. Um, have an organizational plan, you know, for the car, usually the day before I'm going through the car with my crew saying, Hey, you know, like, here's all the stuff we got. How do you want it situated? How can we, you know, get some of this in here now so that tomorrow morning we're not loading too much. So usually the day before we're organizing the car or at least creating space for where we want certain things to go. Okay. Um, so far as crews go, I've got a few notes here for crews. Be flexible. That's the biggest thing. You know, things change on the fly in an ultra, especially. So be flexible, adapt, you know, have an open mind, be creative, problem solve, just like we do as runners. The crew needs to be able to do the same thing. Um, stick to your role, right? So if your role is to do something specific, Stick to that role unless the crew chief, you know, ask you to do something specific. So stick to that unless, you know, something changes and we have to adapt. Okay. If somebody goes down, then yeah, it's the crew chief's job to say, Hey, listen, I need you guys to fulfill this role. If, you know, if this person is supposed they had a leave or something like that, or let's say the crew chief had a leave, who's going to step up in that role. Right. So, you know, talking these things through before the race is a good thing. So everybody knows ahead of time. 
Um, if someone's not doing their job, it's, you know, make the crew chief aware that the job is not getting done or they're not holding up their end of the bargain or they're just not being a nice person. <laughs> Let the crew chief be the person to kind of pull that person aside and say, hey, listen, you know, we're here for the runner, right? Like, let's remember that and let's make sure we're doing everything we can to make this a positive experience for everyone, okay? Okay. Um, don't let the runner see any negativity amongst the crew. Like, you know, the less, the less negativity the runner sees, the better it is. Cause you don't want the runner leaving there worried about the crew. That's the last thing you want. So make sure the crew, even if they're faking it, <laughs> fake that smile the best you can. Cause the, the runner does not need to have that on their mind when they leave the aid station. Uh, ask up front from the runner, at what point is it okay to drop? And hold them to that, right? What At what point are they comfortable with dropping? Because they're going to come in and say, I'm so tired, I'm just dropping. And if they told you, you know, that they're going to say that and you're not allowed to let them drop, you can't let them drop. You need to pack up your stuff and leave without that runner. <laughs> Give them some tough love, right? But understand at what point they really want to be pulled off that course. Um, and, you know, as I just said, tough love is okay. <laughs> Um, observe the runner coming in, right? Like, you know, they're coming in and their pack is just white from all the chalk from their sweat. Ask them questions. Are you drinking enough? Are you getting in enough electrolytes, right? Be observant. L look at them. Look at their hands. Are they getting swollen in their fingers? Okay. Observe these things. Are they peaking, right? Like check them out, make sure they're okay. Like let them sit for a moment and, and, you know, just kind of problem solve with them. Just, you know, Ask them probing questions. Don't just ask them, are you okay? Because, you know, obviously a lot of times, no, they're not okay. So ask them specific questions, you know, get deep dive into what can, you know, what can you get them to make them bounce back, right? So be specific with your questions. All right. So in being observant, you're looking at how much trash are they giving you? Again, counting calories and looking at that, how much fluid are you refilling? So how much are they drinking? Are their bottles still full? That means they're not drinking unless they hit an aid station just a little while ago. But, you know, if they haven't, be, you know, be cognizant of how much they're drinking. Are they sleepy? Do they need caffeine? Should you switch over to, you know, more caffeinated options? Um, is it mealtime? Do they need some extra calories, right? So is it around lunchtime? Is it around dinner time? When was the last time they had a big calorie dump? Um, are their shoes wet? Are their feet wet? Do they need to change out their shoes and their socks? Is the weather about to change, right? Should you give them any more gear? If they're going into the night, it could get cold. Do they have a, a you know, a base layer with them or a, a jacket, okay? Um, extra batteries for lamps. Is it getting dark? Is it time to give them their headlamp? Extra batteries, okay? Um, deciding on crew members, you know, this is the toughest part. You know, you're deciding on people that, you know, ultimately can save your race, Right. So like, who are you comfortable with? Are you comfortable with your family being there? Like, like I knew when my mom came to Bigfoot, I love her. God knows I do, but like, I could not have her at every aid station. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, it, you can do it in doses. Right. But like, know who is going to be there at each aid station. And you know, you're going to be great with them all the time. I knew my mom was going to worry too much. That's why <laughs> I say that she is a worrier and, you know, being 200 miles in, she's going to worry. So um, it's okay to have uh, family, but if you're going to worry about them too much, you know, like, you know, if you have small kids, especially, is that <clears> worth <throat> having them as, as crew members, right? Uh, so, 
think about that. Um, pacer and crew members, um, are they replaceable when pacing, right? So I've had pacers go down, like they, you know, they couldn't do their section. And so like, who's going to back them up? What's the plan in case they can't run? So it's, it's oftentimes something they can discuss on the fly, them being adaptable, but you know, it is, it, it's a possibility. Um, this is an intimate experience. Who do you want to share it with? Right? Like this, this really means something to you. It doesn't mean something to them. Do they want to be that engaged and part of that, that experience? Um, are they okay with being in the woods? Are they okay with being in darkness? And are they okay being with the others that you've chosen, right? Are they people persons? So, you know, think about these things when you're choosing your, your crew members. All right. Anything else in here that, that I missed guys? All right. If you think anything again, just let me know. I'm going to move on to pacers. Pacers is a little bit quicker. Um, so um, this is more of a checklist for pacers. So they can kind of go through and, and check these off. Um, can pacers refuel at aid stations as well? So looking at the rules, are the pacers allowed to use the aid stations? Um, you know, so if they can, are they going to bring their own nutrition and hydration? Make sure that they have that stuff. Um, make sure that they have their pass, their pack, their vest, or their belt. Okay, you know, just kind of a checklist for them as well. You know, do they have these things? Um, do they have their bottles and bladder? Do they have their headlamp and waist lamp. Do they have shoes and extra shoes, socks and extra socks. Do they have running clothes and extras. Do they have clothes to change into after. Do they have sandals for after. Um, do they have food to eat while they're waiting to pace and for after they pace. Do they have the their own lube or solve. Um, and do they have everything that, you know, because a lot of times you were starting to see races that have mandatory kits. And if they have a mandatory kit, a lot of times they're requiring the pacers to also carry that mandatory kit. So make sure you read through the rules. And if you have a mandatory kit, is it also necessary for the pacer? Does the pacer need to sign a waiver? Does the pacer need to register? These are all things to consider for the pacer. Okay. Anything there you guys can think of? just added the waiver and uh, registration okay moving on to logistics um now this list could probably be a mile long i've just included some things that you can kind of check off as you do them so these are things you would do prior to race day probably months in advance but you know just things you can think about um so have you um reserved lodging um based on the rules and aid stations um uh do you have enough vehicles to move your crew and pacers? So, you know, oftentimes one vehicle is enough, but there are, are some races where you do need two vehicles, you know, in order to make it to certain aid stations, you're going to need two vehicles because there's just not enough time for you to get between, you know, aid station one and aid station four, maybe. Right. So, you know, make sure you've got enough vehicles and it's within the rules to do so. Um, printed and emailed race rules for crews. So have you given your rules to your crews? Crews, Have you um, emailed them that link or the participant guide? Um, same thing with the pacers. Make sure your pacers know the rules. Okay. Um, completed and submitted volunteer hours if necessary. A lot of races are requiring volunteer hours. So make sure you know when is that due by? What can you do in order to fulfill that obligation? Right. A lot of races are getting very specific about things you can do. So make sure you have that opportunity planned out in advance 
and well in advance of that deadline date, just in case something comes up and you can't do that so that you have time in order to fill that obligation. Some races are allowing you to just simply pay instead of you know doing your volunteer hours. So that's an option as well. You know, perhaps you just don't have time or the uh, the opportunities to volunteer. So you know, look at what your options are. Um, printed course map and elevation profile. Uh, you know, not only is that good for you to kind of look over day in and day out, but it's good for especially your crew chief to have um, so that they can see you know exactly where they're going um, and then you know kind of be plotting it out. Um, Again, dropping pins at aid stations for crew on Google Maps and sharing with crew. That's, that's a huge thing. We've talked about that. Um, assigning the crew roles and tasks. Good to have a Zoom call with your crew and your pacers ahead of time and just kind of go over everything. A lot of my crew is just so used to it. I have the same crew pretty much time and time again. So they're just used to me and my quirky ways. But, you know, if these people aren't familiar with you and what you do and what you expect, great to have a little zoom call with them, you know, to, like a month in advance of race, you know, just kind of go over all this stuff, make sure go through the rule book with them, you know, make sure they understand all that stuff, go over your expectations, go over your crew assignments, tell them exactly what they're going to do. That's a great time to do it. Maybe you do two zoom calls if it's, you know, taking up too much time, but you know, good to touch base with everybody. Um, emailed and reviewed expectations for crew and pacers. Um, so, you know, again, just communicate, communicate, communicate. You know, be as communicative as you can. All right. Lastly, drop bags. Okay. Um, uh, so episode 30, back in episode 30, I did a whole episode on drop bags. Um, I will try to link the medical bag episode and then episode 30. I'll try to link that as well so that you can, you know, go back and listen to those. I also did a whole episode for crews and for pacers. So I'll post those links as well. If you want to go back and take a listen to those. Um, so, you know, the, a lot of times drop bags, we pack too much. Um, so, you know, pack what you need, um, or what you anticipate you'll need, but you know, you don't need to pack the kitchen sink here. Like, you know, be, be sensible about how big your, your, you know, your, your drop bag is and what you're packing in it. So, um, make sure, uh, secondly, it's waterproofed, right? I talked about earlier using those Ziploc bags make sure it's waterproofed because a lot of times, you know, they get out to aid stations. Sometimes they're not under tents and it's just raining. <laughs> so make sure it's, it's waterproofed in some regard. Um, number three, compartmentalize. And what I mean by that is uh, I'd like to, even within my big Ziploc bag, I Ziploc bag everything inside. So my nutrition is in its own Ziploc bag. My hydration is in another Ziploc bag. My socks are in another Ziploc bag. So I have Ziploc bags within my Ziploc bag, which means that everything is extra dry. <laughs> but then I can just pull that stuff out and just drop it into my pack rather than, you know, kind of sifting through things and everything, repacking everything. I can kind of take it on the go and just be, you know, packing as I as I get out of the aid station. Save yourself some time. Um, number four, know what the aid stations will have. If you are packing, you know, gels and the aid station is going to have the very same exact gels probably don't need those gels. Maybe you pack a few just in case they run out, but uh, you know, at the same time, know what the aid station has. That way you're not duplicating. Um, add variety to each bag. So if you're putting the same thing in every drop bag, you're probably going to be sick by the time you get to your fourth drop bag. So create variety within your drop bag, you know, add different flavors, add different, um, you know, tastes, 
just make sure that it's different, you know, be it hydration flavor, be it gel flavor, whatever it may be, you know, add some variety to your, your drop bags. Uh, six, know the course, weather, and expected ETA for specific gear, right? So, you know, where where might you need a shoe change? Where might you need a sock change? Where might you need um, a, a jacket or your headlamp? Know the course well enough and timing of where you'll be on the course that if you're going to use your drop bags that you, you know, you, you, you place what's in it properly. Um, and know the rules and restrictions. A lot of times there's rules and restrictions for how big a drop bag can be. Uh, you know, as a former race director, I've seen some crazy things that people want to pass as drop bags. Um, know that these have to be transported. So, you know, don't make them massive drop bags. Like I said, you know, be <laughs> be sensible about how big your drop bags are, um, knowing that they have to be transported and they're probably going to be thrown around a lot. So <laughs> be careful with what you put in it. <laughs> Uh, cause they could be squished when transport or thrown when, <laughs> when taken out. So, um, be careful with, uh, with what you put in there. Okay. All right. That's my spreadsheet. Um, anything from you all, any comments or, um, additions? Okay. Um, well, I have a question. Oh, go ahead, Raphael. Is, it, is, is there a rule of thumb about how you're supposed to reward your pacers? <laughs> no, um, there it, it's, you know, it's whatever, you know, whatever you want to do. I typically try to do something from the race, um, at hard rock. Um, I got each of my pacers, um, an oil painting that was done by an artist of the hard rock course. Um, at Western States, there was a, a native American that did a, a painting of one of the, um, the areas of the course, uh, I was a print, so I bought each of them the print. Um, you know, so it's I try to get them something that remembers the race um, as a thank you, you know, a token to remember the experience together. And then I typically, you know, get a picture of all of us together, and then you know I print that and put it in a frame and give it to them later on. Yeah, but you know, just something nice. It's a, there's no, you know, there, there's no. <laughs> No expectation. It's just, you know, it's nice to recognize the fact that they made the sacrifice to be there and help. So, um, but yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, hope you got a lot out of that. If you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, and uh, so uh, I'm going to kind of just go over some things that are going on. Um, obviously, Vermont was canceled. Um, you know, that was uh, the right decision by the uh, race leadership the uh, the conditions of uh, the towns in and around Vermont, where we were to race, uh, was just incredible. The, the you know the the flooding uh, and and you know destruction and devastation to the communities up there. My heart goes out to those folks, and um, you know there's there's multiple ways you can help and donate um, to those communities if you're in such a place. Uh, so uh, just want to extend my appreciation to the the race staff for you know doing the right thing. Um, so that left us, um, waiting to hear from the grand slam as to what we could do, um, in, uh, in replacing Vermont. Uh, so, uh, we, you know, we, we waited a little over a week. Um, Sunday they announced that we could indeed use any hundred miler for the rest of the year, um, to finish up our, our grand slam. We just needed the approval of the race, um, to use their logo logo on our trophies, uh, cause our trophy has the logo of, of each race we ran. So, um, 
I, you know, I um, reached out uh, to Burning River because Burning River said that we could run their race and they gave us a, a discount, which was most generous. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, um, the uh, race did not want to uh, give the permission to use the logo. Uh, which is fine. That's their, you know, that's their choice. So, um, left me trying to find another race. <laughs> so I had announced that I was going to be running Burning River. Um, but that news, um, surfaced and I had to find another race and my thanks to Scotty Coomer, uh, at 10 junk miles. Um, he allowed, um, us to sign up for the Badger 100. So, um, Thomas and I will be traveling up to, um, uh, Wisconsin, next uh next week <laughs> so we're, we're racing um badger 100 on july 29th um thomas and i will probably have an episode together um thomas uh, is doing the grand slam um he's done old dominion in western states uh badger 100 will be his third 100 uh whereas this will be my second 100 um he is not doing leadville so i will have three weeks from badger to leadville and then uh, three weeks after Leadville is Wasatch. So Thomas will finish his Grand Slam at Wasatch as well. So um, that's the plan. <laughs> that's what we're up to. Um, craziness. I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful again, you know, to Badger 100 for, for being so amicable and allowing us to, to not only race, but to, you know, use the logo um, so that we can, um, we can keep going with our Grand Slam. Um, other things going on, um, coaching, uh, has really picked up. Um, we've got a number of new, um, athletes as well as returning athletes. Um, and, uh, you know, next week, uh, you know, I'll be traveling to Wisconsin. So, um, my communications will be limited, but if you have questions or want to talk about coaching, please do reach out just understanding that I will be traveling and racing next week. So if my uh, communications are delayed, that is the reason for it. Um, I'm doing okay. Training's going okay. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, you know, we traveled up to Vermont and back, so a little bit tired from the travel and, uh, but you know, overall I'm feeling pretty good and I'm excited to run the Badger 100. Um, so I've, I've never run in Wisconsin. So, um, we actually run in Wisconsin and Illinois. So, um, so yeah, that will be next week. And, uh, next week, uh, next episode, we'll probably, again, you know, Thomas and I will kind of talk about, uh, Badger 100 and then we'll have a, a recap of Badger 100. So, um, thank you guys for listening again. I hope this was a good resource for you. Uh, if you have any questions on it again, reach out, let me know, um, you check out the new website, running is life dot run. Um, all that's in the show notes. Um, some pretty cool stuff there. I'll be adding some new resources um, over the next uh, couple of months, um, as well as a new piece to the business. Um, I'll be um, doing some some mentoring of coaches. A lot of coaches ask about programming and how to do programming. So I'm going to do a, uh, a programming um, course. So it'll be um, individuals. Uh, it'll be done over Zoom. Um, so uh, stay tuned for that. That'll be on the website. But I'm not going to post that until after the Grand Slam is completed. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, but again, thank you for being a part of the running is life podcast. Uh, thank you guys for all of your support. My goodness. Uh, you guys have been incredible on social media, Strava everywhere. I, I feel the love and I thank you for it. It really is encouraging. Um, I'm so glad as I say in my post, I'm just so glad to be a part of this community. Um, I'm so glad that, you know, a number of you reach out and share what you're up to, how you're doing. Um, you know, encourage me, uh, and in return, hope to encourage you. So thank you. Thank you for helping inspire me, um, 
I hope you know you can find some some motivation and some uh, some help and, and tools and things that we do in this podcast. And if you have suggestions, reach out. So thank you, my friends, and until next time, keep on running.